Today on the podcast, it can be a real struggle to rent in the Treasure Valley, even though home prices have started to go down. For Nicolette Clark, finding her $850 unit in Nampa two years ago was a lucky break, until her landlord turned off the heat during a winter cold snap. Now she's sharing her eviction story with some red flags to look for before you sign your next lease. It's Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. I'm Frankie Barnhill, filling in for Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Nicolette, thanks so much for coming on CityCast Boise. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. You wrote about your story in the Idaho Capital Sun in this commentary, and I, yeah, it was really compelling. Um, As I understand it, you moved into a rental in Nampa in 2020. COVID was raging. There was so much uncertainty. Jobs were kind of hard to come by. Affordable housing was super limited, but you had good credit, and you were working as an adjunct, right, at uh, Northwest Nazarene University And you were able to find a place. So how relieved were you when you were able to find housing? I was very relieved just because it was really hard to find anything under $1,000 in Nampa, Idaho, which just really blew my mind. And so when I found something for $8.50 a month that had my utilities included and that was close to NNU, I felt so relieved to have some secure housing, or so I thought. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we'll get into this. So what you thought you had um, for sure. And and you had your dog with you too, which of course, uh, having pets is so amazing, but it also makes it more complicated to find rentals that will accept animals. Yeah, so I had my cat that came from with me from grad school. Um, and then when my grandmother passed away in October 2020, I also took in our dog, um, Bebe. And even like working at NNU, doing adjuncting stuff, it's very much contract work. And so it's not super stable. But I thought that having that place, even though it wasn't the best, it was going to work. Um, But when I first arrived, it was in, it it was really gross. Um, It wasn't clean or anything, but I was like, you know what? I have a place. I don't need to worry about it. I'm just going to suck it up and I'm going to clean it because I'm not going to be able to find any place else. And because if it didn't work out, it would be really hard to find another place. But pretty quickly, uh, besides the fact that the apartment itself was kind of gross or not very clean, you started hearing things from your neighbors uh, at this location that your landlord might might be kind of tough to work with. What did you tell? What did they tell you? So my upstairs neighbor at the time basically told me to not ask for anything um, because they won't. One, they won't get anything done if you ask. And two, they just kind of ignore their tenants or they're rude to them, which I I found out really quickly after he left to be true. And your landlords, um, this wasn't like a big property management group or, you know, a company from out of state because we hear about that a lot. Right. This was this was, uh, you know, somebody who who lives in Idaho and owns a property and rents it out. Is that right? Yeah, these were two really nice people, you know, like they came off as really hardworking, um, really honest, really open-minded. 
Um, and so it was really shocking um, to get some of the responses that I got from them when I was asking for basic things. And the first big thing that uh, came up for you in your own experience, as I understand it, was that it's summer 2021, it's really hot out, and your landlord turned off the AC. But you mentioned this already, your utilities were included in your rent. So how did they justify turning off the air conditioning when it's like 100 plus degrees out? Yeah, that still stumps me <laughs> to this day. Um, so they had texted our like our, our group, the people who lived at the house, that the bill was $500. And so they were turning off the AC. And so they just kind of did what they want wanted um, with... If they saw a bill that they thought was too high, they just turned it off. And my my neighbors and I were really frustrated because we, and I know like in the grand scheme of things, like 850 isn't that much, but it it's a lot to us. And for us to be spending our money that we work really hard for to like to live and to make sure that we have heat and AC and have that be taken away from us is really, I don't know, it was a painful experience. Yeah, and I mean, it's like literally affecting your environment, your everyday, uh, your experience, um, waking up and going to sleep um, and coming home and trying to cook a meal and all of that. So then, so the summer incident happened, the AC gets turned off and you didn't really feel like you could say anything or that there was much to say. What happened next? What was the next thing that uh, really made you feel like, okay, I need to, I need to say something and maybe let them know that this isn't, this isn't okay. Well, my neighbors and I, we had spoken with each other about the AC and this was at like three in the morning when it was cool outside, but still hot inside. (laughs) Um, And we were trying to strategize ways to approach this with our landlord. And none of us were willing to take the risk of bringing it up because we just, we had this, I don't know, this feeling that it wouldn't go well. And I I think we were right. But the next big thing that really happened was in December and our heat was just off and we were all freezing, but we weren't informed that our heat was being turned off. Like my friends, they were using their oven for heat and I was using my dog to keep warm at night. And I had like a little space heater that didn't really do anything, but After that, I was like, you know what? Like, I will talk to her and she'll be reasonable. And I was wrong. (laughs) What exactly did your landlord say? So I think it was around December 4th or December 5th, 2021. And I was was preparing myself to know like my stuff for going into this email because I was like, I need to be really upfront about it and how this is illegal. Like you can't turn people's heat off in the winter. Um, and so that's how we started. I was like, you know, this is a habitability issue and I would really like for my heat to be turned back on. And I talked about how it's been freezing and she was like, well, you seem really unhappy and you complain a lot. You should be like the other tenants. They're just grateful that they have a place to live. And she, or my landlord kept referencing like my attitude and how I basically was asking for things that were just ridiculous, which asking for heat isn't ridiculous. Every like people need to stay warm in the winter, especially if they're paying for, for unit. 
Um, but yeah, so it didn't go well, as, as you know. And uh, she told me to leave by February 1st. And I freaked out a little bit. Wow. So, um, yeah, I just want to pause on this vision of you huddled with your dog, trying to stay warm by cuddling with your dog. And, and uh, that must have been terrifying. And then your neighbors having um, to use their oven and what they were like ter- opening the door to let the heat out of the oven is what I'm envisioning. Yeah. No, it was, it was insane. And, and dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, okay. So she says then your, your attitude... I don't like it. Um, so you're out of here. How was she phrasing that again? So there is a progression of phrasings. So it started with, you're unhappy here. It seems like we'll both be happier if you find another place to live. And then it escalated to, if you're not out by February 1st, I'm going to start unlawful detainer proceedings, which is basically eviction. Um, and she also tagged on, well, if you're not out, I'm which she already gave me that informal eviction. She's like, also, if you're not out, I'm going to raise your rent by $50 a month. Um, And so it was really confusing to have all of these threats when just asking for my basic right and thing that I had paid for, which is my heat. I could imagine that some person might hear this story and say, oh, this is, you know, this is awful, but why didn't she, why didn't she find a lawyer to fight uh, this? Um, you know, it sounds like she had a case here or um, why didn't she seek help in some way to not have to, to move out? What barriers are there to, to those things, though, to, to accessing uh, an attorney? And, and were there resources available? I think at that time... I had no idea what my resources were. Um, I didn't even think about wanting a lawyer. I was just focused on, oh no, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, Survival, really, right? You were kind of in survival mode. Totally. And I think a lot of it too is my time. Like I had no time. I was teaching four writing classes. Um, So I was working so hard to try to make everything work. And then when this was put on top of it, I'm like, I, I don't know how to deal with this. It was emotionally exhausting as well. You only have so much capacity to, to feel all the things and to, to deal with them because you have priorities. And yes, housing is a priority, but also if you don't have work, you can't exactly pay for housing. In the article that you wrote um, for the Capital Sun, the commentary, uh, the phrase informal eviction is what you called this because the formal process for eviction is, is a court process, but you feel like this was an informal eviction that you went through. Um, explain the difference and what you think is wrong with that. My understanding of eviction is that it's a legal process that goes through the courts. And so you need to like file paperwork, but with informal evictions, because it evades the legal process. The reason I chose to focus on that concept is because I was looking on the Idaho uh, Policy Institute's website and it said there are no, there's no data on informal evictions in Idaho. I was just really feeling really frustrated. Like, why don't we track this in our community mm-hmm. when it happens to people like me and it probably happens to my friends or People who are really hardworking people who, I don't know, who need to be heard and accounted for. 
So since you had to leave in, in February 2022, um, you had to take some extraordinary measures. Your dog went to your parents' house across country, and you kind of found some housing in between. And now, now where are you? Were you able to find housing you could afford? And what ended up happening with that previous rental and the landlords? Uh, did you ever get your deposit back? Where do things stand? So after I moved out of where I was living in Nampa, I was in purgatory for like three weeks. I was trying to find a place. And I mean, I am really lucky that I got approved anywhere. But this new apartment was $945 a month, which was really a stretch. Almost $100 more than you were paying at the previous place. Yeah. And so I would like get my monthly check and then I'd have $20 left over after paying my rent. But as far as my first place that I was living in Nampa, I received half of my deposit and I'm still in the works of getting the rest of it back. Like I said, it's been a huge emotional burden with dealing with this. And so it just takes a lot of time because, you know, when you're, I don't know, suing a landlord, you probably should do it through small claims because you don't need an attorney there. And so I'm still going to have to take her small claims, um, which is going to be frustrating because, you know, you just want it to be over because right. it's been a year. Yeah. You want to put this behind you and move on. Yeah. 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 But I feel like it's really important to take her to small claims because I don't want people like my landlord taking advantage of renters like me or people who are in a worse off position than I am because it's really hard to feel motivated after someone has taken advantage of you like that. And it just kind of makes you jaded. Like, oh, is everyone, like any landlord gonna, going to do this to me? And it just doesn't make you feel safe in the world. If you were to give a, a new renter or someone who's looking for a rental right now and struggling, what would you like them to know? What, what do they need to know before they, they enter into a lease and when they're trying to search for a place? I would just have them research the people that they're going to rent from. Maybe interview your landlord or ask them a few questions or do a quick phone call about what kind of tenants they like and uh, if they've had any bad experiences in the past with tenants and what those have been, just so you can kind of get a feel for who they are. So after all this, you're now in law school. Um, is this an area of law that you're interested in, tenants' rights? And, you know, is that part of the reason why you went to law school? So you could learn more about this and also potentially help protect people in the future? I do want to be an advocate for people. However, I, I'm interested in tribal law and litigation. Um, part of the reason why I came to law school is because of my family story um, of removal from Cherokee Nation in North Carolina. Finding that story that taught me why stories are important and why we need to tell them. Um, and so it's like put this fire within me to tell my story and to help others tell their stories. Nicolette, thank you so much for sharing your story, and I really hope you have a great rest of your semester in law school and that, yeah, your housing uh, remains stable from here on out. Thank you so much for having me. And an interesting tidbit before you head out. 
Idahoans are mostly on the same page about two things. We want a repeal of the grocery tax and property tax relief. That's according to the Idaho Public Policy Center's latest survey. It found that more than 80% of people want to say bye-bye to the sales tax on groceries, and 56% think that property taxes are too damn high. So far, though, lawmakers haven't addressed these concerns at the legislature, instead focusing mostly on hot-button social issues at the statehouse. And one more thing before we wrap up. On last Friday's show, we swapped stories of some of the things making us love Boise right now. Have you had a moment of joy or connection in town that made you smile recently? Share it with us. Text or leave us a voicemail at 208-546-9485. Again, that's 208-546-9485. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more Boise stories. See you then.